Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host, Austin Scott. Wow, and I am the other one, Josh Urquhart. Roles are reversed today because, as you'll know, Josh normally... Yeah, see, you've got to do it. The roles are literally reversed today. So what is happening today is it is a special one. Yeah. Um, You'll all remember that way back a day we did a episode dedicated to my film, Stain, Mm -hmm. and we dived deep into why what's going to happen, all the fun stuff. And today we're flipping the script because it is now time to reveal Joshua's film title and get into the nitty-gritty of what's been happening, why this came about, why this film in particular, Mm -hmm. and all the fun stuff that we will get into. Um, So, Josh, I'm going to hand it over to you (laughs) and I want you to fill the lovely people in on the title of your film, Mm -hmm. what it's about, Mm -hmm. and how you came across it and why this film. Um, well, thank you, Austin. The it's, floor uh, is yours. It feels fantastic to be a guest. That's what I was going to. I was also going to um, say as well. You're in my shoes now. I when know. you said to me, "How does it feel to be a guest?" It is quite daunting. So, yeah. all respect to the guests that have come on. I know, and all the guests out there that jump yeah. on podcasts because this is nerve wracking. It is. But my brother, I will give you the spiel of what I've been given the actors, and I don't know if I've actually told. I think I might have in the first couple episodes how this came about. But I guess you have to. I will go over it again for the people that yes. have just recently tuned in. Say it for the people in the back. 100% for the boys in the back. <laughs> Listen up. Um, so what's going to happen? So this film, this tracks back all the way to the end of 2021. Yes. Right when myself and you were in the rut of not knowing what to do. I was like, I had a couple original ideas and I'm like, I don't feel confident enough to get that running and up and running. So I was like, I need an alley hoop. I need something to give me a layup and boom, I can dunk it. Yes. So with that, I tracked back to one of my first early goals in filmmaking, which was to do an adaptation. Yes. I originally wanted to do an adaptation on a low-key comic book run that nobody has ever heard of, right? Something that isn't too massive in budget, is grounded so I can craft a story and something that is preferably not Marvel or DC so I don't have a massive copyright lawsuit. 100%. So... What I did a day late 2021, I went around to all these comic book stores around Sydney, all of them. And I, you know, interviewed the people like the comic book people that were working at the store and stuff like that. And basically tried to find something that I could adapt. Um, No avail. I found nothing. Yep. Right. I went to all these and I was a full day ahead. I got, I picked up a couple comics here and there that I thought maybe like I could get, but like still it came to that point where it was like, these indie publishers, you still have to get copyright. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, don't know what to do. That was, I wouldn't say a waste. Um, It was just kind of crossing that off that I'm not kind of going to get a story directly from a comic book. Absolutely. Went home. I then, my next step was to post in a bunch of the subreddits, right? So... I then posted in, you know, comic book subreddits, you know, just little different pieces, bits and pieces. And I was like, does anybody have any, you know, low key comic book runs that might be easy to get the copyright to that anybody would want to see adapted? And I actually got heaps of responses. So I mm-hmm. got over like 35 responses and I jotted them down, did a bit of research and still nothing really that tickled my fancy, right? Right. But then one person commented something that changed the game, right? He commented, have you heard of the public domain? The public domain. Public domain. I'm like, no, I haven't. And he dropped a link to the public domain database, mm-hmm. right, inside the subreddit. And um, I clicked it. 
and then from there I did a couple days worth of research into the public domain and the what if people don't know what the public domain is after a certain amount of years right after an author's death or you know a comic book writer's death you know since they made the character up copyright becomes abolished right yes. you are able to use that character for whatever way you want however you want absolutely basically and it's around i think it's around like 70 years or something like that yeah and, you know notable characters like we've mentioned on the podcast that are in the public domain are sherlock holmes you know dracula um winnie the pooh like king kong king kong all of these uh, aladdin you know yeah. all these characters are now available to use which is why we've seen you know increase of indie projects such as winnie the pooh Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, fantastic. But this specific website had a, like over 2,000 characters from, you know, superheroes and like people with abilities and stuff like that. And, you know, that's what I wanted. And um, I was searching through the website and something tickled my fancy. So back in the day, me and Jay, right, were coming up for a kind of, uh, assessment that we had to do for I forgot what subject it was like international producing or producing one of the producing yeah, topics yeah, and yeah. we came up with this magnificent idea which maybe we'll touch on in the future but that movie is my end game yeah to my whole filming it's, career yeah that so that idea that concept alone is yeah so maybe I'll wait. touch on that some other time or maybe not because me and Jay are keeping it close to our chest and you have to we want to be the have ones to. to make it because that I think will be it's like the oh, Daniels man, with yeah. everything everywhere. Like they, it's a multiverse movie, and yeah, not saying yours is a multiverse no, movie, but like yeah, you know, it's not. So people do yeah. the things. You're like, fuck, we need to get this made. So like, I understand you keeping the cards exactly. So, but with that, there's a specific aspect of that movie which I found really intriguing, and I was like, well, maybe if I can kind of get a bit of practice in a couple shorts leading up to that big end game that have certain aspects from that film i'm being very careful with what i say then maybe that will help later on yes right? and one of these abilities so you can sort the public domain by you know superhero names alphabetical order but you can sort it by powers right yes. abilities okay and one of the abilities that showed up was very similar to the film that me and Jay are holding close to our chests, right? So I clicked on it because it tickled my fancy. Saw a name, right? And I clicked onto the name and there was nothing. Nothing but a three-sentence blurb paragraph thing. And it explained what this character is and what he does. And other than that, absolutely nothing else. You they can't said, find it anywhere. You can't find it anywhere. All it said also was that it was based off a book written in 1896. I searched up the book on the internet, nothing, no character notes, no author notes, no breakdown, nothing but the link to buy the actual book. Now, like I said before, I haven't read a book since Bloody Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yep. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a challenge for me. Bought the book. Also, I find it hard to read sometimes. I like read oh, yeah, and then I both. go back and yep. read and then I'm like taking forever to finish a fucking book, right? So part of the reason why I haven't read anything since Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So- I ordered this book because that three sentence blurb was enough to get me intrigued. Yes. And I was like, okay, it's in the public domain. Fantastic. Right. Um, I can work with this. Mm -hmm. So ordered it a couple of weeks later. It came, I, I had to order it from overseas in London because it's from the British library's archive. Right. Yep. And they've taken this book. Which Even that's written, cool. I know <laughs> it's written from 1896 and they've redone it like the cover just to make it look a bit more modern. Yep. Um, pretty boring cover, but I would have stayed personally with the older cover. Um, but I read it, right? I read it and I couldn't put it down. And as I was reading it, I was just the images, everything visually was coming to me. I'm like, this needs to get made. I'm 100%. Like, this is the one. And another thing that drew me to it was the fact that 
the structure of this book was similar to some of my favorite film directors and favorite movies. Very Christopher Nolan type ending yep. where everything comes together. Different storylines and different character motives and arcs all come together for a single solution where you're wondering the whole time, you know, where is this going and a bit confused and then you know it's all satisfying in the end where everything gets explained and it was just like it blew me away and i was like this needs to get made so from there i then emailed the british archives just to double check that there wasn't any hidden copyright owners yeah, or anything yeah. like that they did their research they came back to me going you're all good to use it however you want in yeah. whatever way you want the author died i don't know more than 70 years ago so copyright is Abolished. Like abolished, right? So you can use it however you want. And I was like, fantastic. Now, all of last year, 2022, I'm still in that kind of dump, but I spent all of last year and towards the end of 2021 breaking down this book. I read it twice back to front and what I did the second time around, chapter by chapter, I went through and story baited the book. Yep. So every book, every beat that is in that book, I have now on a document yes for the feature kind of structure which brought me to how am i going to do this i don't have enough money to create the bigger thing right so i was like i'm going to use the whiplash method right damien chazelle created yes. um whiplash from a short film short excerpt taken out of his feature film put it into festivals got funding that way for a year later he was able to make the feature 100%. but he did a short first proof of concept to do that and i was like let's do this i'm going to create a proof of concept Beauty. what i'm going to do i'm going to Break the whole book down, characters, story beats, everything, ideas, chapter by chapter. And it's an over 400-page like book, right? So it wasn't an easy feat. It took me ages. Yep. And from there- well, I, I then, remember in the early stages of the podcast, it was mostly your yeah. progress was just breakdown after breakdown, which, you know, it's progress and it has 100%. to be done. Little hard yards has to be done. 100%. And once I did that, I created a feature structure. A feature structure that it could work. Didn't know whether it was going to be a limited series or a feature. I stuck with feature. I then put beats and chapters, I cut out chapters and built a basic skeleton for how the feature would go. 100%. Then from there, I created a skeleton how the short would go. Mm -hmm. From there, then wrote the short. You know, once I did so much preparation and stuff like this, it just came to me so easy. I knew exactly what I was going to adapt. So overall, then I was like, cool, let's make this. Once I wrote it and got everybody on board and everybody's heard my progress week to week, what I've been doing, um, and it's just super, super exciting. And this is unlike anything I've ever done before. It's pretty big considering that, like where we are on, along this journey of 100%. our filmmaking. Um, but that's what my plan is. My plan is to create this short film that stands alone as a short film, mm -hmm. right? If nothing comes from it, it stands alone still, you, you know, it sh shows my, you know, how my skills have developed over time. It's just nice to have on the resume as well. But other than that, I have sneaky little muscles that I'm yet to flex when it comes to getting this to make a bigger feature. Um, my ideas, I'm just going to put it out into the world. Paramount have come out recently and say they're looking for more original scripted content, right? Like locally sourced, locally made, right? Yeah. It's super hard to get funding, like you said, like I've said before from Screen New South Wales, even that thing last night that everybody was sending to uh, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the, some of the things are, you know, 
you have to be First Nations, like, you know, all these kind of minority groups. And I'm like, fantastic. They want to do that for them. Um, That's fantastic. You want to push that, like, get those people the opportunities that they don't have. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get that chance because, you know, I'm creating an 1800s period piece based in London and Egypt. Nothing to do with Australia. Exactly. So Screen New South Wales is not going to give me the funding. No. So I was like, okay, we're self-funded. I've been, like, saving heaps and i'm putting a good chunk of my own money into it and then raising another good chunk on top of that yeah um and yeah it's just been fantastic um and i think when we created titles uh well placeholders for like what these films were called yours was swirling vortex i was just about to say and it mine comes was to the moment where we can now reveal the title and what have we been working with what's been the title the magic like? man we've been calling it the magic man yes. um this whole entire time um, but I'm happy to reveal the title finally after how many months have we been saying this? Uh, like I can't since the dawn of the podcast. Since the dawn of the podcast, which was like August, October, November, December, January. Oh, I don't even know. I've lost fucking track. Wait, what is that? <laughs> Hold on. August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Eight months. Eight months. Eight months working with the Magic Man working title. Yes. I can officially reveal the title of my short film is called Osmar. Osma, because yeah, there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> it's, it's called Osma. It is based off the book Osma the Mystic, written in 1896 by author Emery Horn Beeman. Fantastic book. Um, genre-wise, I like to call it a an occult detective adventure, th- uh, Victorian era occult detective adventure thriller. It's a mouthful, it but it mouthful. encapsulates all those genres. Yep. How I like to put it. Indiana Jones meets Bridgerton, yes. right? Still, I've kept everything in the, that time period, late 1800s. Um, how was it? All right, cool. Late 1800s and fantastic. What the story is, I've memorized the logline, I'm pretty sure. It's when, when Western treatment fails his daughter's seemingly incurable disease, a middle-aged Londoner attends an old-fangled prestigious ball to seek out occult assistance from a public figure the town call the Mystic. Just goosebumps. Like, yeah. Oh, the. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The so, fact that you know how to, like, you know, how many times I've explained the stain logline and all yeah. that kind of stuff, but just off the top of your head, it was just. Yeah. It, which means up. he's putting the work, put loves the, the work, story. It's really. all about making it now. Exactly. So. And we're, we're, we're basing this in London and Egypt. Again, it's a bit audacious, but, you know, I'm sure you've heard, like I said, we're doing the progress over the times. You, you know how hard it's been getting these locations. We're fully booked in the ballroom, which was the big massive part, yep. and we're just finalising all the other bits and pieces. But it's a story about Sir Frederick Roy, like I said. His daughter is suffering from... You can kind of compare it to schizophrenia, like modern-day schizophrenia. Those are like the the symptoms that she has. She's hearing stuff in her head and, you know, it's telling her to marry this other guy. But if it doesn't stop, she's going to die in a year. There's just stakes, right? Yep. There's just stakes right there. And it's like from there, the book itself leads them on a massive adventure throughout Egypt. And, you know, there's crossing storylines. There's a prince that gets introduced and he's, you know, character arc is finding his partner, which has been kidnapped by this other guy. They have to find him. And somehow Osmar says to Sir Frederick, somehow you just got to trust me. You got to go on this journey. No questions asked and everything will be revealed in the end. Yes. Your daughter will be cured because half of this story, the journey that they go on, you're like, what the fuck has this got to do with the daughter? Right. I'm talking about Chris Nolan. You're there confused for the whole entire time. Then it all gets revealed that all these storylines 
actually come together with a similar conclusion, right? All these storylines mix and come together in the end, which makes sense. And at the end, you're like, holy shit, this, this means this. And this is what, you know, earlier in the movie, this is what this means. And it's a big, massive movie that combines these different storylines into a satisfying conclusion. You know, you're in London, you're in Egypt, you're in, I think you're in bloody Monaco at one point, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you're going all over the world and um, it's grounded enough that you can believe what's happening. Yep. I like to have you know, themes and aspects of magic, as you know, throughout all my film, you know, the guy's bloody doing magic tricks in the short films. So the magic tricks is bloody fucking 1800s Jesus, basically. Yep. Um, but that is what it is. And Sir Frederick Roy has to seek out Osmar the mystic, who is this mystical being who can do these unfathomable like miracles. And, you know, it's his last hope, basically. Yep. He needs to get him on board. And then, you know, you learn throughout the story that, Osmar actually has a debt that he has to pay to Sir Frederick Roy one way or another. And he you knows his out. father yeah. and, you know, he's on board and they go on this massive adventure. And, um, yeah, it, it, it all comes together in the end and that's what I'm planning to do. So with my short film, I've taken two chapters out of the big... Keep going. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, we're good. Uh, uh, two big going. chapters, two chapters out of the overall feature structure... Um, and I've put that into a short film and, um, you know, in the short film, hopefully you will get a bit of everything. Yeah. You can communicate the tone. You get introduced to all the main game players. Um, you get an understanding of the environments, Egypt and London as well. Yeah. Um, and hopefully at the end of the day, it will leave you guessing and leave you wanting more. <laughs> Right, it teases the overall big story in the end, and that's what a true proof of concept should do. Hundred percent, and, and you know, so spiel. it's funny that you just said it'll leave you guessing, because I was about to. Uh, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you, and I feel like it'll be a good one that we can kind of talk about. Yep. was um, you know, the complete the complete contrast here is like this is my first film, but this is Josh's second. But I say second, but what film would this be for you now? In term, like count everything you've done. Your Flash, your Star Wars. Oh yeah. my god! Like, yeah. you know, just like let's let's add that into the <laughs> let's add that into the uh, into the mix. What number of film Mate. is this for you? Oh gosh! Well, like I don't know if you count. I guess you count those. You got the Flash, the Star Wars, Escape. And you don't count the vlogs. Bloody boxed in. Fuck it, we'll do that. Two's a lesson. Maybe my sixth film, but like there you go. So, but I want to just my second proper one. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah. It's the second proper one in terms of your filmmaking journey. So yeah. the understanding of um, film is a bit more with Josh because he's been doing it since such a young age and everything like that. Whereas the complete contrast, like this is my first effort ever, mm. and the thing that I'm really longing to see is this come to life because I know Josh's attention to detail and everything is going to be portrayed on screen and it's going to be brilliant. I just Thank know you, it boss, is. Man. But I wanted to ask you, you've done all these films up until this point mm -hmm. and now, like, and your last film being Two's a Lesson, the award-winning film directed by Joshua Urquhart, starring <laughs> Cooper Alexis. Um, you know, it's had a successful run and everything like that and, you know, you've, you, you, you killed it with that film. Thank you. Do you feel like you're in a position where you have to sort of back that up? Do you feel any pressure whatsoever? Mm, and, you know, with the two, what are the, I say links, but like, you know, you, yeah. you put yourself into two's a lesson. Yeah. And now how are you putting yourself into Osma? Yeah. So we'll break that down into three kind of questions you asked there. Um, the first one, wait, what was the first one? You were like, 
like, do you feel- Oh, do I feel the pressure backing yeah. up? No, not at all. I, I look at Tuesday Lesson as my starting point. And, you know, people sometimes go back and like, oh no, I can't watch my old films or whatever. Like it doesn't yeah. display who I am. Um, and that's right to a point, you know, the, f- the first couple of films, you know, you're always improving as a filmmaker and stuff like that. And my That's why I film, bought in your older ones. 100%. So you, you had the vision yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now you're in a position where- you I understand, you get yeah. it, you have 100%. the tools, like you just said, and you know, you can kind of, I, I say properly, I'm not disregarding your yeah, previous yeah, yeah. service, but like now you can properly tell a story with everything in mind, 100%. all that kind of stuff. So that's why I wanted to ask you, like, do you feel the pressure backing up from two? No, not at like all. That? Not, not, not at all. I'm excited to show like how I've developed as a filmmaker yes. overall. You know, exactly. I don't look back on my old stuff and go, oh shit, that shit. Like I need to back myself up. I've got to prove everything. No, I'm just there to, I'm confident in my abilities. 100%. And I'm like, I'm ready to show kind of how I am as a filmmaker. And like, I can positively say, this is going to be nothing like two's a lesson. It's going to be nothing like it. Like we got a fucking world-class cinematographer coming in, yep. you know, not, dissing on um Lockie's <laughs> but it's going to be massive man the scale is fucked for a short film it's fucked yeah like the scale is massive and just what if we can do what i'm planning to do it's going to be fantastic 100 like again this is not really getting diss on anybody but if you're in my position second film right out of film school and you're doing something this big it's a massive risk yeah, not, not everybody is in my position to do this when it comes to you know it's expensive to make these kind of films and i'm lucky i'm still living at home i have a side job basically everything i'm earning from that side job is going into this and people are like Oh, but you know, you could put that on an investment property. Well, yeah. bro, I'm investing in my future. That's exactly. what I'm doing. Investing in your future, your career, yeah. you know, in yourself exactly. mainly. Like- 100% brother. Um, Yeah. And then the other two things you were saying, oh yeah, what aspect, like what are the crossovers? Yeah. So I re-listened to Stane episode before coming yeah, here. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. most, in, like you said, mm-hmm. the best stories are the most personal ones, right? You sprinkle mm-hmm. yourself into the story and you yeah. really put yourself in this world so you can tell the story, right? How did you put yourself into Ozma? I understand the obvious one is magic. Yes. But how do you put Josh Urquhart into this story? Man, that's a good, it's a good question because for the longest time, you know, you think, right, 1896, Egypt, London, what the fuck crossover am I going to have to do with that story, right? And I was a bit stuck for On the longest time. the ancestral plane. Joshua exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't, I didn't actually figure it out until it was... So all the leads for that were applying for Sir Frederick Roy, right? They yeah. were... They sent in a self-tape and it was down to three of them. And I needed to give them notes to resend in a self-tape to finally, you know, make my decision, right? And... As I was doing that, I realized uh, the notes I was giving them was, you know, Sir Frederick Roy. Sir Frederick Roy I was basically explaining my dad as go. an aspect, as a character, right? And aspects of Sir Frederick Roy is very similar to my dad. I don't even know if dad knows this, to be fair. <laughs> so, but I was giving him like, you know, Sir Frederick Roy is basically this guy who has to uphold, you know, especially back in that day, the stereotypical tough guy you know he needs to be the man of the family like man of the family kind of thing has to not really show emotion has to keep everything together the glue but in this story he has to show vulnerability he needs to show desperation and that can be hard at times especially when you're you know you have that role to fill as the dad in the family you need to show this and you know 
it's kind of what would he do for his kids? And I know dad would do anything for Absolutely. his kids as well. He's a good so, man, Andrew. Yeah, shout out, Andrew. <laughs> so I see that's my personal aspect um, is my dad. I see a lot of character aspects of him in Sir Frederick Roy. Right. Right. And um, that's that personal connection. But also, like you mentioned, magic. magic. I've been doing magic since I was a kid. I had it in Two's Lesson. It's the big overall thing. And it's going to be in every one of my films. Just a little aspect, a theme of, you know, just, you know, it's very, and, uh, the reason I have it in all of these kind of films is because it's similar and it mixes with the reason why I started a film in the first place. You're making people believe the impossible. Exactly. Right? Things that are happening right in front of their faces. You're like, how the fuck do you do this? And I want to kind of have that same, you know, outcome with the films is people walk away from these films and the discussion doesn't end. They're talking about, you know, what's to come with Two's a Lesson. You know, I left them guessing to put the pieces together of the puzzle that was to the lesson. And, you know, st- people still ask me, like, what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of that? You know? And even though there's not many people asking that, that's what I still wanted. Just a couple of people asking me what I meant by the ending is all I wanted. Exactly. And with this film, I mean, it speaks for itself. It's a bloody proof concept. So people are wanting, I'm, I'm hoping to get people to want to see more of it. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's, I think filmmaking is magic. Yeah. And that's, that's why I, I need to have magical aspects you know not only physically but metaphorically in this film um but that combined with the aspects of my dad i think um that's what makes it personal there you go that's you know that's beautiful like it's like you said and um as i said i was listening to that before i came here but you know the most the best stories are the most Most personal ones and the fact that you can factor in personal life experiences and you know family values into something that was made yeah. or, sorry written in 1860 1896 1896 there you go 60 30 years before us <laughs> um yeah something that long ago that you can bring into i say modern day and put your family values and everything into that yeah that's just amazing yeah, and you. it's magic like mm. you said it emmanuel put it into perspective once when i was talking to him it's a window into another world it is it is you can actually see magic unfolding because you can run wild with everything. So with that being said, like I'm keen to see how this, because I've been on this journey with you from day dot. Exactly. Well, before you had the book, but then when we started this, I've been on this journey with you since day dot. So the thing I'm most excited for, and I'll get into this sort of second to last question in a a minute. But like the thing I'm most excited for is two's a lesson was amazing. Mm -hmm. This is your, (laughs) let's say sophomore, sophomore effort. Um, Just, the concept and everything, yeah. all the late night phone calls we've had, you showing me things that you've done and everything like that and just how much it's going to mean to you. It's going to be the best thing ever. And I said it since day dot that we're going to look back when both our films are made, mm. just say we fucking did it. Mm. Like we were in that rut. Yeah. Hopefully this effort and journey that you and I have put in, similar to you know films in general, characters going journeys and all that kind of stuff, you could say this is a movie in itself. Both of us were the protagonists in this. Yeah. And just to get there and just say, look, we did this, you know, what's stopping you guys from doing that? Yeah. Kind of stuff. You need help. Please reach out. We're here. Exactly, like, man. This is a, proof. Yeah. Like this, these, these are the conclusions of that kind of, ge- not conclusions. I would say partial, partial yeah. conclusion before we make our next exactly kind right. of films. And I just want to touch on something. Sorry, before you go into the second last question, we're talking about personal aspects and whatever. I feel like you have to have personal aspects in a film because that's what makes it stand out from all the other movies. Exactly right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like if you, because you're yourself, nobody is the same as you. So if you're putting yourself into a film, then it's 
going to differ exactly. from the other. So I just want to add that. No, no, no. That's, that's good because that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. So you've kind of answered it in a way, but I wanted you to say to me, and you kind of have, but I want you to kind of like redux it if you can. <laughs> I'm trying to make this question make sense that, yep. um, you know, you obviously want people talking about this film afterwards and you want them to sort of, you know, talk about it long after it's made. Uh-huh. We're going to the premiere. We walk in. How are you going to portray the error? Okay. How are you going to, um, like, what do you want people feeling after the thing? Like, I know there's the thematic messages and all that kind of stuff with the film. Mm. But how are you going to put us into this error? And how are you going to, like, what do you want people to feel afterwards? Are you trying to, like, okay. no, I know, showcase I know exactly the, what you're yeah, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, are you trying to showcase the error just because you like that error in general? Or do you want us to escape? Just teleport to another world. Yeah. 100%. I want people to escape, but I also want people to chuck their money at me to make the fucking yeah. face of it. See, that's the answer I wanted. So please donate to the campaign. We will have oh, that up and yeah, running very shortly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when this goes uh, up, the crowdfunding will be up. Exactly right. So, you know, when this is out, everybody, please donate to Josh. What they can, yeah. But no, sorry, back and back yeah. into your thing. Yeah, no, I mean, of course I want them to escape. I... I'm I'm doing this for me. Like I said, I'm do, if you're not making the film for yourself, you're doing it wrong. I'm doing this because it's a challenge, man. I read the book. It was on a whole different other vernacular. Yeah. Right? I thought it was That's a challenge. That's the word that Josh used so often in the first episode of the podcast. He loves that word. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bro. I couldn't understand it. And like it took me a couple of times to read, but it was a challenge, man. Like I, you don't, like I said, you don't get people making for their second films, massive fucking period pieces, right? It's audacious as well as an adaptation. Like I'm proud of myself for what I've done 100%. so far, you know, how I've adapted it to kind of make it my own. And yeah, I want, when people watch this, the, my main thing is that they want more. Yes. That's the only thing that I want them to. Yeah, sure. They can escape. They can love the characters. And I hope they do. I hope they fall in love with the story and the characters to want to see them in a bigger long form piece of content. Yeah. If not, I want to see, I want to showcase how I've developed as a filmmaker. Absolutely. I'm not creating this for anybody. I'm not creating it for the critics. I'm not creating it for the audience. I'm not creating it for, for anybody but myself. Exactly. You know, I'm still on this journey to become a filmmaker and I'm doing everything to develop as such. Yes. You know, I, I, the moment I'm making films for other people is the moment that You've I've lost it straight off the course, yeah. you know? Exactly. So to answer your question is... I want people to fall in love with the story and the characters to want to see the next big thing. Awesome. And then my last question, it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, everybody talks about, like, inspiration and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, what has inspired you along this journey? So we've already found the inspiration as to why you're making this and all that kind of stuff. You went over that in detail at the start. But I want you to kind of... What has inspired you along this journey to get this made? Ah, what has inspired me? Because with the process, like you, you have this vision of making the film. That's yeah. the inspiration itself. Yeah. And then yeah. when you go more and more into the journey to get there, you come along little inspirations along the way. Hundred percent. What have been a couple of those, if not just one, that gets you going? Like, what fuels you to get this done? Honestly, just seeing the amount and the diversity and the like, of films these days, like seeing all the different types of content being put out and how everybody is putting their own spin on things like fucking Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> I think there's just so much 
I don't know. I just, the more movies I see, the more inspired I get. And the yep. more I go, I can do that. And you know what? Everybody has their own voice and their own style and stuff like that. And I feel like I have something to say, right? And I feel like I can find these hidden gems like this. And what's inspired me is this story needs to get made. It's freaking amazing. Yep. This the book is incredible. Like I said, I haven't read a bloody book since I have a wimpy kid. That got made into a book this can as well yeah uh, sorry made into a movie this can as well exactly it's, it's i saw the untouched potential in this film uh, sorry in this book and i'm like this needs to get made one way or another hopefully by me um and that's kind of what's kept me inspired along the way but also like i said seeing seeing the most amazing films we've ever seen come out recently and you know in the time that we've been alive has kept me inspired along the way also seeing everybody around us do well and kind of get back onto this filmmaking train has inspired me, you know. Um, I want... I, I'll redo your question. I, like, I have been inspired by all of this, but I also want to inspire through this and show, you know, in the position that we're in, it's just about creating and creating and creating and eventually you'll get there. Exactly. You know, like I said, consistency is key. Um, and more so of me getting inspired, I want to inspire other people because we've got so many mates that are so talented, just Absolutely. don't have that drive to do it. And that's what I want to do. 100%. And, um, that's everything that's kind of kept me inspired. And I know, I've, like I said to you, I've never once gone, I can't see myself doing anything else. Exactly. Uh, ever since I chose this kind of journey, I'm like, this is where I want to be. I know I'm going to get there one way or another. Exactly right. So that's it. And that's that's beautiful in itself. Like yeah. that's the end the end goal is to get there. You exactly. just create 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 100%. things will fall into place. You so, know. you know, that's the best thing. And so I think I wish we had more time. No, that's I it, honestly bro. I yeah. honestly wish we had more time. I could just talk to you about this shit all day. Of course, day. of course. But um unfortunately we have to wrap up. That's but good. you know Everybody, by the time this episode comes out and you all listen to it, the crowdfunding video will be out. Yes. The crowdfunding campaign will be live. Yes. I implore you all to check it out and support this amazing, amazing concept. It truly is. I have all the faith that Josh is going to nail this because he fucking has already. Thank you. Um, everything that he's done and everything he's going to do is going to wow you. It will leave you guessing. <laughs> but, you know, I have faith in Josh. And I know he's going to get to where he needs to be. And I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. you I'm so grateful that I've been there since day dot because, you know, we're just going to look back and be like, it's going to be amazing, brother. It's going, it is amazing. Everything we've done has led to this point. I'm excited. So on that note, yes. we're going to tie a little bow on this episode and get out of here. Austin, where can they? Yeah, um, see, here we go. <laughs> where can they see us <sighs> and uh, catch us? Okay, so you can catch us on YouTube, yeah. Instagram, yeah. at the pre-prod. <laughs> you <laughs> fucked it already. YouTube, okay, on YouTube, the Spotify, pre-production meeting. Yeah, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The, the pre-production pre meeting. And then and on TikTok yes. and Instagram, yes. the pre-prod pod. There you go. Please, honestly, yeah. as well, leave us a review. If you yeah. hate us, leave a review. If you love us, leave a review. There you it, go. It helps us in it helps us in multiple Any ways. Publicity is great publicity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, we are the one and only pre-production yeah, podcast. We are. So yeah. don't listen to the other guy. Don't listen to the um, other guy. Okay, on that note, Perfect. we're going to tie a bow and get out Donate of here. Donate if you can. If not, share the link. Appreciate it. Also, Indy, thanks for all your help. Indy, thank you. Shout so, out, Indy. Yeah, we're awesome. The podcast is going places, <laughs> and so is this film. Yes, let's get out. We of here. might have merch. Sorry, I had to drop that in. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of exciting things coming. So. Awesome. Alrighty. Catch us. Catch us. Peace.